0: What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand New Show. I Bleed Sports. Uh, This is a very special edition of I Bleed Sports. Um, Like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, Brand New Show. Uh, Social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, Brand New Show, and of course, YouTube channel Brand New Show, man. Uh, like I said, today, tonight's episode is a very special I Bleed Sports. Now, usually, I'll be doing Bleed, Black and Gold, but since the Saints played earlier this week, I had nothing to do except this. So, like I said, very special edition. Tonight, I will be talking about the NBA, uh, season kicks off Tuesday. So, tonight is a very special episode of I Bleed Sports, NBA edition. The mixtape, as I called it, um, last week. And um, let's get into it, man. So, a lot of crazy moves have happened over the NBA offseason. I mean, so many moves. Uh, Two massive trades that has changed the course of a lot of teams' fortunes this season. Uh, One trade in particular is Dame, Dame Dollar, Dame Lillard. Going from the Trailblazers to the Bucks, which I've been saying for a while. I knew he was going to go to uh, the Bucks. I was like, this is the only team that makes sense for him to go to. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, you know, the trade happened. Uh, Grayson Allen um, was a part of the trade. Uh, so it was Drew Holiday. DeAndre Ayton. A lot of players got moved uh, because of this trade. Um, Which leads me to the Drew Holiday part, where he got traded from Portland to Boston, of all places. You know, so, you know, I think that, you know, I think those two trades are setting these two teams apart in the Eastern Conference. Uh, one trade that did not happen yet is James Harden. Uh, he's still part of Philadelphia 76ers. And if you have listened to my earlier episodes of I Believe Sports, last week and last week, particularly last week's episode of I Believe Sports, I literally said Philly is one of my teams that I have a lot – I don't have a lot of faith in this year. They're going to be my big disappointing team this year. Um And it's already showing its ugly head. James Harden is literally not even showing up to practice. Like, and his head coach have to literally be like, I don't know where he's at. Like, when your head coach is literally going on a press, like, going to press and saying, I don't know where he's at. I I, I can't tell you because I don't know where he's at. That's not good, bro. Like, period. I don't. For you to try to force your way out of Philly, you got to at least show the fuck up. And and the fact that he's he said, I'm going to play when the season starts and all that shit. It's like, bro, I wouldn't want you if I was a franchise. There's nothing about you now that I would care about. Because it seems like if you don't get what you want, you're just going to force your way out of it. Which means, you know... Which means franchises have to be very cautious of how they how they bring you into their teams. And I don't think, and here's the thing, the Clippers are the only team that wants James Harden. Well, I can't even say that because, like I said last week, I don't think the Clippers want James Harden. I think since they know they're the only team that might be viable to get James Harden, what's the point of going get him? Um, plus, with that being said, you re-signed Russell Westbrook. So him and James did not play well in Houston. They did not like each other in Houston. So for me, James is shooting himself in the foot, man. He is he's he's killing him. He's killing the opportunity to even go somewhere because nobody's gonna want to trade for his ass. And that's the thing, like, bro. Now you're. I know it's preseason, and I know people are gonna say it's preseason. Nobody cares about preseason. The problem with that is that even though it's preseason, the season starts Tuesday. So you not showing the fuck up is already showing people that you've already are forcing your way out of Philly. They're going to force, you're forcing your hand. The problem with that is, is isn't like the, when you were in Houston and you wanted to go to Philly, but you ended up in Brooklyn. Or you wanted to go to Philly, or you want to go or you got traded from Brooklyn to Philly. This isn't the same thing. You're you're not that player anymore. We've seen the decline of your play the last couple of years. This is what I've also felt about hell, I can't even say Kyrie Irving because at least Kyrie Irving shows the well, when he plays he shows the fuck up. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, man James Harden is the reason why I think Philly is just gonna be in a in a in a mudslide early in that season. It'll be like in a complete, and at a mudslide because they don't know really because you're keeping a guy on your friend in your on your roster when you have the best player on the team and he's not it. He's not even your second best player on your team. So, argument could be made for third, and and that's and that's and that's the best thing I can say. I've been saying for like a year and a half, get James Harden the fuck out of Philly. Tyrese Maxey is the best one-two combination with Je- with Joel Embiid. And, and, and I still feel that way. I still feel that way. Um, a lot of crazy moves have been made, more so in the East than the West. But one team has made some moves, and that is... Bradley Beal being traded from Washington to Phoenix. Um, I'll be honest. Um, I think Devin Booker being a point guard is going to be great for Phoenix. I think it's going to be an amazing thing for Phoenix. Um, because I feel like he's going to learn from under, learning from Chris Paul the last couple of years. He finally, he I think he knows how to be you know, that guy that they're going to need him to beat. But the problem with that is I don't have that much faith in Phoenix, which is crazy to say. Like Kevin Durant's going to do his thing. Bradley Bill's going to do his thing. Devin Booker's going to do his thing. I just don't have no faith in Phoenix. Like, <laughs> they got a whole new head coach. You got a you got a whole new situation in, in place. You got DeAndre Aiden out the building, which was a great thing. You needed to get DeAndre Aiden out the building because he was just done at Phoenix. They didn't want to play with him. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker literally looked at him in the playoffs last year like, "Why the fuck are you here? Like, you don't even want to be here." So, yeah, I, I I'm happy Phoenix got yeah, rid of him. He's in Portland now. Uh, but yeah, I don't have that much faith in Phoenix, man. I think Phoenix is is. I, am not gonna say that, say that if Phoenix don't win this year, then all this was for naught. I'm not gonna say and say that. I think Phoenix is gonna be. Really good in the West. I just don't think they're gonna be NBA Finals good in the West, and that's that's the problem with me. Um, Kyrie Irving resigning with the Dallas Mavericks is another thing. Kyrie Irving re-signed with Dallas. But let's be real, that was the only team that kind of wanted his ass. Um, like I said earlier about James Harden. The thing about James Harden is James is diminishing his skills. Kyrie Irving is still. One of the best one-on-one ball handlers in the league. The problem with this is, is eventually, the same thing with Philly, is eventually your best player, which is Luka Doncic, is going to have a massive problem with Kyrie Irving at some point. And if they are not going to be teammates, teammates for a common goal, which... I think at some point during the season, they're going to pretty much bump heads because they're going to go on a losing streak. As soon as they go on a losing streak, you're going to be asking the question, well, does Dallas need to trade Kyrie Irving? Because they're not trading Luka, but Luka is going to probably want out. So I, I'm looking at this scenario in Dallas, and I'm saying to myself, you got two ball handlers that don't play defense. Just like last year when you traded for, for Kyrie, that's not a good idea, and that's not a good situation. Um, I know you brought in some people, some defensive pieces, to help the situation. But even with that, I just don't think Dallas has enough to physically... Um, yeah, I don't think Dallas have enough you know, to, to physically be the best Western Conference team. Another team I'm looking at in the Western Conference is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The uh, reason why I say Minnesota Timberwolves is because... They're going to have to do something with that that situation. What situation? Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. call Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. The reason why I say that is a situation because Anthony Edwards is ready to be the guy. He is ready to have that breakout season. He is ready to be the best player on the Minnesota Timberwolves and probably top 15 best players in the league. Did you not see him in uh? In the World Cup, you know, this offseason, the dude was one of the best players on the damn team. What am I lying about? He was the best damn player <laughs> on that team and possibly will be a part of the U.S. Olympic t- Olympic team when they started up uh, next next summer. He will be one of those 15 players. I bet money on it. He will be one of those top 15 players because he's too damn dynamic and he's too damn good. The problem with the Minnesota Timberwolves is I think they want to make him the number one guy. I think they want to announce to the world that he's our franchise player. He's our number one. The problem is you got a franchise player that for the most part grew up in the organization and for lack of a better term was the number one but never felt like a number one when you needed him to be the number one. The year they went to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, that was Jimmy's team. Collin Towns and Andrew Wiggins was just along for the ride. And now we can look at those two teams that at times, man, say like Jimmy Butler's still doing his thing. Andrew Wiggins is, for the lack of a better term, finding his way in Golden State and becoming a viable third fourth option in Golden State. What the fuck is called Anthony Towns in Minnesota? And that is literally what the question is going to be. What is called Anthony Towns in Minnesota? Second, what's your second option now? The dumbest decision Minnesota made last year was to trade for Rudy Gobert. Try to have a twin, a, 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 a twin, tw- a, a twin towers, because Karl- Robert Rudy Gobert can't fucking shoot. And when he's when you put him in pick and roll during the playoffs, which a lot of teams do, he can't move. So you don't have a real ability to have him on the court. So what the fuck did you trade for him for? Like, you, you traded for him and last year. You still ended up with the eighth seed, the eighth, ninth seed. I think you ended up in the, with the eighth seed in the playoffs. Like, nobody – come on, bro. Like, that's not even – that's not good. Like, that wasn't good, man. You still ended up with the eighth seed in the playoffs. So you traded for a guy that really didn't do shit for you, didn't even move a needle for you. You was already in the eighth, ninth position. Without him, the year before that. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, I didn't understand that. But anyway, but I can see Minnesota come into terms with the idea of, especially if they start slow this year. If they start slow this year, I could definitely see Minnesota saying, you know what, we might have to cut ties with Carl Anthony Towns. Which leads to the question of where does he go? And I think if you're, if by the time if this is true, if the Minnesota Timberwolves do have a struggling start to the season, and now they're getting fall then fall down after the after the end season tournament, and they go into these situations, and then they realize, you know what? We might need to make the decision to cut because you're not trading Anthony Edwards. You're not trading Anthony Edwards. You just drafted him a year, a couple of years ago. And he's actually moving the needle. The team is actually performing. This is how I rate a player. If your team is actually doing better without the other guy, that means something more than what you want to let on. That means he's actually the leader and everybody is just following what he does. But if they come out the end-season tournament and they can't do anything with this team, and they look around and they're like, you know what? Atlanta needs a big guy, or Houston needs a big guy. There's going to be some teams that are going to be viable this season that just need that presence. I always thought Carlton Towns would do great in Boston with with, with the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown because he can be the third and forward option. He doesn't need to be the number one scoring option. He can just do what he needs to do. I thought he fit that perfectly. And... You know, it went the way it went. And I feel like at the end of the day, Minnesota's are definitely a team that I can see definitely trading someone. Maybe you trade them in the a, in a conference. Maybe you trade them out the conference. But I do think if Minnesota starts very slow this year, I could definitely see Minnesota saying, let's cut ties with Carl Anthony Thomas. Because you're not going to trade Anthony Edwards. That shit ain't happening. So I could definitely see that. Speaking of people that want to get traded, <laughs> every year there's this idea that Trey Young should be traded from Atlanta, which I don't understand why. But Atlanta's a team that's very interesting, to say the least, because Atlanta has a team, has a franchise that could be very um, hot and cold, just like pretty much their franchise, like their team, hot and cold in games. They shoot threes and they make them, and they're a great team. If they miss them, Shit going to get bad. But I want people to understand something. Trey Young is not the problem for the Atlanta Hawks. He's not. That franchise needs to figure out how to build around him. That is the truth. I've heard for a couple years now that Trey Young is the problem in Atlanta. But I don't hear that shit with Luka. Luka's the problem in Dallas, but nobody wants to admit that. Because Lucas great, right? Lucas the M V P candidate, he's gonna do that. But I never hear people say this shit for Trey Young. Trey Young is one of the best young players in the league. And I never hear anybody say that dude is one of the best players in the league. He's led Atlanta to pretty much what Since he's been in the league, he's led Atlanta to the playoffs. Like outside of his what rookie year, he's been in the playoffs. So Why is this, why is it not the same love for Trey Young? That's all I got to say about that. And I said it earlier, I didn't really touch on it. The NBA has officially announced that they're doing an in-season playoffs and it starts this season. Um, me personally, I got to see how this is going to (laughs) look. I got to see how this is going to look, um. I think everybody does. I know the season starts Tuesday, but that in-season playoff—I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if you win it. What does that mean about playoff positioning? What does it? You know, what I'm saying I like it doesn't. What is it? It's just like a money grab, like. And if that is the case, then great. But what is it like? I don't. I, I you know maybe when this comes out, y'all explain it to me better than I can understand it because it doesn't sound like it's a like it's a thing. It's just it's just. Yeah you know what I'm saying? Like it's just something. I don't I don't get it, but anyway. Yeah. So in fairness of the NBA, I am doing my preseason predictions of uh, who's going to take the record, who's going to be the best team. I'm going to even give you my Western Conference Finals, my Eastern Conference Finals, who I think the NBA Finals is going to be, and who's actually going to win the championship. Before I do all that, um, let me start it off with this. So, for <laughs> rookie of the year. Now, there's a couple candidates I think is going to be pretty good. I mean, School Henderson in Portland is going to pretty much have to do it all in Portland because of, you know, all the moves that have been made in Portland. Um, so he's going to definitely take off like like we've never seen before. But I think he could fall into a position where he hits a wall way sooner than we expect. Um, same thing with Brandon Miller and, and Charlotte. I don't know what Charlotte is yet. LaMelo, LaMelo Ball, he should be 100% to go this year. But if that injury nags him throughout the season like like his brother It could get bad, and they could get bad fast. And then he would have to probably carry a load in Charlotte. Um, A lot of people don't realize, but last year's number one overall pick, uh, well, number three overall pick, Chad Holmgren, is actually eligible for Rookie of the Year because he didn't play last year. Um, So he's also eligible for Rookie of the Year, which I would not be surprised because I think Oklahoma City is going to be a dangerous team in the West this year. I could definitely see Shea Gil, Jose Alexander, and all those guys making big, big strides this year, maybe even getting into the top six of the Western Conference uh, this season. But Chad Holmgren is also a rookie of the year candidate. But my can, my number, my rookie of the year, who I think is going to be rookie of the year, which everybody knows is probably going to be rookie of the fucking year, and that is Victor Wembanyama from the San Antonio Spurs. Um Victor's a different type of caliber, bro. Like he even he even in preseason is showing you he's a different type of animal. Dunking on Chet Holmgren is just shit. It's just it's just ridiculous. This kid is ready to go, man. Um I don't know if he's the future of the NBA. I can't sit here and say that personally, but for what he is and what he's already shown, it's showing that he's he's willing to do it and willing to be the guy. So, um yeah, man, I think that Victor is gonna definitely become one of those guys, man. And this upcoming season is gonna be pretty damn interesting to see what San Antonio particularly is gonna be when it's all said and done. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Now, for some some people, they have the NBA has this like award called the Comeback Player of the Year. But since I don't give a shit about that, I have my most, my M-U-P, most underrated player of the year. I think somebody's going to be highly underrated because that person, pretty much 9 out of 10, going to be underrated. And that player to me is a player I said earlier, Trey Young. I think Trey Young in Atlanta is going to do amazing things. Like I said, I don't see him a lot miss playoffs and miss situations and miss opportunities, him being in Atlanta is going to be a different cali- type of caliber. Um, and I feel like nobody's going to really pay attention to Atlanta until they end the playoffs. That's just how I look at it. Sometimes Atlanta just – a lot of people just don't pay attention to Atlanta until they just sneak up in the playoffs and then you're like, what? The, how the fuck did they get in the playoffs? It's one of those. And I think that for how good this team is, uh, I think Trey Young is going to have an amazing season. He's going to be clearly another all-star this season. But I can definitely see him in Atlanta Hawks by, you know, mid-February, early March. People being like, damn, Atlanta's really good in the East. Of course, the East, again, is a very, I don't know, conference. It's a very, I don't know, it's it's very top-heavy. And when I mean by top-heavy, I mean Celtics-Bucks. And then after that, it's like, pick a fucking team. I don't know who can make it. So, And I've already said, I don't trust Philly. I don't trust Philly this season. Um, I had Philly coming in like at six. Hell, I, to be honest with you, if they don't get rid of James Harden anytime soon, they might come a little lower than that. Um, they might be a play-in team. So I could definitely see Atlanta uh, starting off fast. I mean, you got rid of John Collins. Atlanta, like I said earlier, could be one of those teams in a in a Carl Anthony Town sweet stakes. So I definitely can see it happening that way. Or oh, hell, Julius Randle sweet stakes. There's a lot of players that could be moved at some point during the season, and I would not be surprised by it. So, yeah, Trey Young is my most underrated player coming into 2023 season, 2023-24 season, because I think he's just going to be a different type of caliber. Um, now, my now another one, they have the most improved player, also in the NBA, right? Yeah, I don't do that over here. So what I do is my M O P. That is not my most outstanding. That is the most overrated player coming in the 2023 season. And that is DeAndre Ayton. I said it earlier when I said Phoenix did the right thing by getting rid of DeAndre Ayton. They never should have resigned signed them last goddamn year to that massive-ass contract. But anyway, they did what they did. But now that he's out of Phoenix... You're now asking him to pretty much be uh, – and here's the thing. I don't know if he's coming off the bench or he's going to be starting. Me personally, I think he's also one of those names, like I just said, could be moved at some point during the trade deadline, is DeAndre Ayton? I think if Portland starts off real slow and they kind of also in that situation, and plus if he gets outplayed by Robert Williams, who is a part of Portland too because of the, uh, the Drew Holiday uh, trade to Boston, I can definitely see DeAndre Aiden getting traded at some point, maybe to Atlanta, maybe to Indiana, maybe to Washington. There's a lot of teams that could probably use DeAndre Aiden's um, skills. But for me, um, I don't think him going to a new situation makes him now some great player. I think it just makes him have to stand out a little bit more and have to really have to show up. You were the number one overall pick, man, and you couldn't even fit in Phoenix with Chris Paul. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant last year. The fact that you couldn't even step up and do that, I don't give a shit how mad you mad. I don't give a fuck how how mad you are at your head coach. You at some point have to grow some balls and actually be a professional. And I don't think you got that in you, bro. I just don't think you have it in you. I think we been seen it a couple times where you got bitched on some some plays. The Joker have made you look like a punk last year, like the Joker was outrunning you. The Joker barely could fucking move, and he outran you in the playoff games. Like, it was embarrassing to see you play against that team. And for me personally, if I'm Portland, I'm going with Robert Williams over, over you know, DeAndre Aiden personally because I don't think he fits. And maybe you could flip him and you could get something better, but me personally, I would trade DeAndre Aiden. And I think he's the most overrated player coming into the 2023 season because he's gonna have a lot to prove, and I don't think he's gonna have enough time to prove it in Portland before they actually say, you know what, we might need to, we might need to move him. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Now, my M I. That is my most important player. See, this is the thing. There's always this thing when the MVP conversation kicks in that it's, they have the most valuable player, but then it's like the most important player. Who was the most important player in the NBA? Well, I'm not the NBA, so I can do that here. To me, the most important player coming in the 2023, 2024 season for the NBA is none of the... Then Giannis Antetokounmpo. Come on, man. Knew he was going to be somewhere on this list at some point. Giannis to me is the most um, important player coming into the 2023-2024 season. Reason why? Well, we already know the reason. The Bucks need him to be healthy. If he's healthy, he fits that team. Now, he's the one part person. I know you get Dame, and Dame has got a lot of pressure on you. But putting into perspective of the Bucks situation where Giannis is kind of at right now, which is Giannis could literally be a free agent next season. Next season, if they do not get their shit together next season, by this season, it can definitely go left real goddamn fast. And I think that as good as as good as the Bucks can be this year, you're gonna rely. I know you're gonna rely on Dame a lot, but you're gonna really rely. On Giannis, and if Giannis cannot be that guy, if he's not healthy, if he's not there, man, that is a very important thing. The former defensive player of the year, two-time MVP, two-time defensive player of the year, he's going to need to be that guy this season for the Bucks, And that is why I think he's going to be the most important player this entire damn season. If he is healthy and he's playing like he usually plays, like Giannis plays then he will definitely be the most important player this goddamn season. And it's not even close. Now, speaking of MVP, (laughs) nah, 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 nah. I'm going to do defensive player of the year first. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get all this out the first. So my defensive player of the year, I had a name on here, but I'm going to swap it out because I don't think he's going to be. But I do think his teammate is because my defensive player of the year is going to be Drew Holiday. For the Boston Celtics. I think Drew Holiday is actually going to be the defensive player of the year this year. Defensive player of the year because I feel like Jason Taylor Brown are really good at defense. But now you put Drew Holiday in there with that defensive mindset. He's already was. He was one of the best defensive players last year with the Milwaukee Bucks. And you only have really like Giannis that really does defense like that. On Milwaukee. Now you go into a, a Boston team, Boston franchise that is predicated on defense, and now you add a, a Drew Holiday who is already one of the best defensive players in the league, and now all he has to do is just show up and show out. Come on, man! Like I'm, I'm thinking of all the people that they got to play that 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 they have to play this season. It's going to be amazing. So I think that. Drew Holiday is going to definitely be defensive player of the year. To me, I think he has the ability to, to take over a lot of these games when they need him to with his defense. And I think Drew Holiday is definitely going to be defensive player of the year. <laughs> coach of the year. Now, coach of the year is very, it's very hard to do. It's just like MVP, right? Because MVP is subjective. I think coach of the year is also very fucking subjective. I don't think anybody really knows who the fuck the coach of the year is until, like, oh, wow, that team is really actually good. Who knew? And to me, if everybody's healthy. (laughs) I said this when I did the third episode, the first time I started talking about the NBA season, and I did my most important, my most improved teams. I said in the Western Conference, the New Orleans Pelicans is my most improved team. Not just because I'm from New Orleans and not just because I'm a Pelicans fan, but I feel like they have the pieces already there. People forget before Zion Williamson got injured last year, this team was fourth in the West. Like, this team was actually fucking valuable. Of course, they had this. seat. They fell off again. But you add into the fact that they just, just, you know, signed uh, Dyson Dames, who I expect to have a better season this year, have an amazing season this year. Trey Murphy, who I expect to be that dude this year. And I think we still have Herbert Jones. Those are three defensive players that can really do damage, and they can also score on the other end of the court. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Jonas uh, Velachunas and if he is healthy, a Zion Williamson, I think Coach Willie Green can definitely get the Pelicans to at least the fourth, fourth, fifth spot in the Western Conference. where we're not doing the play-ins. And maybe in the third spot in the West, because the West, as much as we love the West, the West is not as, the West is such a, a, a convoluted conference. We don't know who really does come out of the West. The problem with that is, is that I don't think anybody knows who's coming out of the West. So the Pelicans could come out of the West. Last year, we were surprised that Sacramento lasted this goddamn long, and they got in the playoffs. It was the third seed. Who says New Orleans can't be that? So I think Coach Willie Green can definitely win Coach of the Year if everybody's healthy, and they do what they usually do. Now, to me, the best team I think will finish in the Western Conference, which means they're going to have the number one seed in the West, is the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. I know people are going to be like, what the f- Sacramento I think Sacramento last year got a taste of what they really could be if everything goes. One hundred percent right. I think they were just young. And I think that last year was last year. One thing about this team that people don't really give enough credit to, and that is Mike Brown is one of the best turnaround head coaches in NBA history. A lot of people don't remember that. The way he 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 handled the, the Cavs for LeBron, even the Lakers in some aspects. The man is one of the best head coaches. And now that him that he has uh, uh, officially established a team in Sacramento. Darren Fox, uh, Malik Monk, you're getting rid of Marvin Bagley, which was a big move because Zabonis is there. I think Sacramento could be a dangerous team. I think Murray Murphy, who was drafted last year, I think he's going to be in a hell of a piece this upcoming season. I think he might actually blow it, break out, and do amazing things his second season. I think Sacramento's going to be the best team in the West, man. Uh, You know, and I think they have the best situation in the West where they're not too over yet. They're just like the young, they're like a young Golden State. I don't want to say Denver because I think they're like a young Golden State. They have the defense, they have the shooting, they just have to put it together. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to the NBA Finals or anything like Golden State, but I think they're going to be a very dangerous team this season in the West. I think they're going to come out the gates smoking hot. And I think they're going to be the best team in the Western Conference this upcoming season. The best team in the East, to me, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference this year, to me, is the Boston Celtics. I think Boston is going to definitely take the number one uh, spot in the Eastern Conference. Outside of the uh, the Bucks, who's going to be struggling to find they kind of find their rhythm, I think Boston's ready, man. I think Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown's 100%. Uh, Drew Hyde, Chris Daspazingas, you got Al Hoffer, who's a veteran still. But they got the pieces still. I don't think people understand that they still have pieces there in Boston that can really fit each other. And I told you Drew Hyde I have as a defensive player of the year, but the other person I had on my list for defensive player of the year was Jason Tatum. So I think this team is going to definitely take over and take off. I think this is the best team that I've seen in a minute, and I think Boston going to be one of those teams that definitely take over and, yeah, I think Boston's going to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, the best record in the entire NBA, I think it's going to be Sacramento Kings. I said that Sacramento's going to be my number one team, I thought number one seed in the West. I think Sacramento's going to be the best team in the entire NBA season. I think Sacramento, like I said, don't really have um, too many flaws. They're young, but I feel like the playoff experience last year and the fact they finished third overall in the West last year I think they could take the number one seed again. Like I said, the West is such a uh, a convoluted conference. We don't know who's really going to come out the West. So if Sacramento starts off, whatever, because Phoenix still has to fix themselves, Phoenix have to fix themselves, the Lakers have to fix themselves. There's a lot of teams that got to get themselves right. Even the Warriors. I think Sacramento could definitely take advantage of them of that situation early and often. And then I think they have the best record in the Western Conference. If I had to pick, I think they'd be like if I had to say sixty six. Yeah, sixty six and sixteen. I think sixty-six and sixteen would be the best record for them. I think that's even that is a lot of high for me, but six I think six they're gonna be in the sixty wins this season. I think sixty wins for the Sacramento Kings this season. Um sixty six is my number, but I can go lower with that, but I do think they're going to be the number one seed, the number one seed in the number one team with the best record in the NBA. My these conference finals. Is the Celtics and the Bucks? I think the last couple years for Miami, they've taken advantage of what these two teams couldn't be. I love Miami, but I also feel like Miami didn't grow. Miami didn't do anything to fix their team. Same as Philly, as Philly. They didn't do anything to fix the team. They just stayed intact, and they stayed intact. And you thought you were going to get damed, so you didn't do anything. And that is the biggest problem with the Miami Heat. Same thing with Philly. Like I said earlier, James Harden situation, if that's not fixed, I have no faith in Philly. I think the, the Cavs are still too um, young to get to this point. I think Donovan Mitchell is a great player. I think he's going to have a hell of a second year. Excuse me, Darius Garland's is going to do great things. But I think Cleveland could be the third seed or they could be the sixth seed. I don't know what Cleveland is. Atlanta, like I said earlier, would trade young. But Atlanta is still the team that everything has to go right for them to be in the playoff situation. I like the Pacers this year. I think the Pacers are going to be great this year. I like the Knicks this year. Hell, I like the Nets this year. I like a lot of the teams in the East. But when you tell me, if you ask me, do I think any of those teams can beat the Bucs or the Celtics in a seven-game series? Fuck no. I don't think any of those teams can beat the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series. This is why I feel like this is going to be the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals, because somebody has to win. <laughs> like, like, somebody, and I think with Damian Giannis and Chris Middleton, if he's healthy, if you flip them, that's too many pieces in one team. And then Boston has literally Chris Delsingas, if he's upright. Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. That's a hard team to stop. So if everything goes right, I think this is that is the Eastern Conference Finals. My Western Conference Finals is the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. Now, I know you're gonna be like, well, you said Sacramento's gonna have the best, they're gonna be the best team in the West, and they're gonna have the best record. In the NBA, and you don't even have them making it to the Western Conference Finals, yes, because like I just said, they're the Warriors. Before they actually got everything to click, I think Sacramento runs into Denver and gets beat. I think Denver's going to be the fourth seed in the in the West, for the fifth seed in the West, and I think the Warriors are going to be the Warriors are going to be the second or third. I think the Warriors are not going to be one because I got Sacramento there, but I think the Warriors are going to be in the top three upper echelon of the Western Conference. I just believe as good as the Lakers have seemed to be, Father Tom is undefeated. LeBron James cannot do this forever. He's 21 years into his NBA season, his career, and if you really believe Anthony Davis is ready to be the guy, you are crazy. The Lakers are good enough to get to the playoffs, but I don't think they're good enough to get to the fucking finals. And that's the thing, because you're still hoping that a 21-year pro who's close to 40 can push your ass to the NBA Finals. I don't know if you're delusional or if you just don't fucking, know, basketball like that. Phoenix is good. But my problem with Phoenix is that they're too top fucking heavy. Now, I know that trade with the the Milwaukee Bucks – And the Portland Trailblazers helped them get their bench right. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Whatever. I still don't trust the fact that it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and and, uh, Bradley Bill. Those are three great players. Three individual great players. But when it comes down to it, can you be a team when I need you to be one? Kevin Durant at some point is going to get injured. I bet money on it. Bradley Bill at some point. Is just not going to – Bradley Bill at some point is going to have to actually prove that he's ready for this, and I don't know if he is. That is why I don't have Phoenix also going to the Western Conference Finals. I think Denver, like I said when I talked about the disappointing teams, i said Denver is my team that I do expect to get to the Western – they could get to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't see them winning the NBA Finals. I don't see them getting past a certain point because as good as Denver is – how hard how real difficult is it about to be for you to be people forget winning a championship changes a lot of shit. Your franchise change, the way you you guys scheme shit differently. Now people are playing attention to what how you move, how you pick and roll, how you the joke is gonna be great. Jamal Murray, I think, is gonna have an amazing caliber season. I think he could actually if they really do let him be this, he can be an M V P candidate if he really could, if he really does show up. But I think it's just too much on Denver to actually now repeat as champions. I don't see them actually doing it. But I do. I actually do see them getting to the Western Conference Finals. Now, that's a completely different animal. Now, I didn't talk about my MVP for a reason. Because my MVP ties into my NBA Finals. Because just like I just said, I believe the Warriors are going to the NBA Finals because I have them going to the NBA Finals because I think the MVP of the NBA season, Steph Curry, is going to lead him there. I think Steph gets his third MVP of his career this upcoming season because I think Golden State is going to need him to. Steph is going to have the damn near be. Unstoppable stuff like twenty sixteen stuff like steroid (laughs) stuff like like he's gonna have to be so damn great it scares the shit out of people like he is. I think last year losing in the regular losing in the playoffs like they lost in the playoffs a lot of turmoil, a lot of shit was going on. Kind of questioned who he was and can he lead a team? Can he lead the team back to the NBA Finals? I don't think you want to give Golden State more ammo. And I think he did. Uh I think Steph Curry is going to be un fucking stoppable this season. And I think that with that being said, I think he wins his third MVP. And I think it leads him to the NBA Finals. Now in that NBA Finals, I have them meeting the Boston Celtics. I think Boston gets past Milwaukee. I saw the I saw Drew Holiday guard Dame Lillard back in the day in the playoffs. He can do it. And plus on top of that, I don't trust Milwaukee against this Boston team. I think Jason Tatum is grown up. He's ready for this. And I think also Jalen Brown steps into who he needs to be to solidify that I am that guy too. And I don't think Milwaukee's ready for that. I don't think Milwaukee has that ability to really stop them yet. And so that's my NBA finals. The NBA finals from two years ago, Golden State, Boston. But I have a different result. And that is Boston winning the NBA championship. The difference between this Boston team and that Boston team was that Boston team had never been to the NBA Finals. I think this Boston team not only has the experience of the NBA Finals, but have an NBA champion to push them. Something I said about Drew Holiday when I said he was the defensive, when I had him as defensive player of the year. is another reason why I had Drew Holiday as defensive player of the year. Revenge. I think he's going to be highly motivated to prove to everybody, Milwaukee fucked up. They should have never let me go. I ain't getting old. I'm getting better. And I think a lot of people are going to find out what that means. I think he fused Boston into another level. For Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, being around a guy that's won an NBA championship, but also recent NBA championship, but on top of that was around one of the best players in the league for years. And was the missing piece for Milwaukee's championship run in 2021. I think putting him with that type of team is why I have high hopes for Boston. Boston's the only I know they got Chris Daz and I know they got Drew and they're gonna have to work them in. But Drew's a third option and he doesn't even have to he could be the third or he could be the fourth. It just depends on what Kristaps Pazingas is like. This team is healthy, man. Boston's a dangerous fucking team, man. And I do not expect Boston to fall at some point. I think Boston is really fucking good, and this is going to prove what everybody has been afraid of. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown can now go out there and play basketball freely and don't have to be throwing the ball to each other and just hoping somebody makes a shot. Drew Holiday is motivated to show everybody. He's the guy. Chris Kristaps Porzingis is ready to show people. You didn't see me last year. I was pretty fucking good in Washington. Let me show you how good I was in Washington. And I think that Washington, I think that that Washington, Chris Tassabzingas, and the Drew Holiday from two years ago, Drew Holiday is going to show up and it's going to be glorious because I think Boston beats the Golden State Warriors, and I got them beating them in six. I think Golden State at least makes it a series, but I I, I just think it's too much. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Chris Tassabzingas, I think they actually make a trade at some point during during the season to bring in a little bit more depth to that bench and maybe a veteran or two to get that bench right where it needs to be, some shooting maybe even two. But, yeah, man, I think Boston is – I think Boston wins the NBA Finals this year. That is my NBA edition, man. That is my wrap. I think Boston wins the NBA Finals, man. And a classic series against Golden State. So, yeah. (sighs) Happy NBA season. It starts Tuesday with uh, Phoenix versus Golden State and Lakers versus Denver. That is the first two games of the NBA season. But until then, catch me talking about the NBA season throughout this year. Um, right here on this podcast, man. Also, my me and my brother Juan's Jack Wild's podcast. But until then, I am Brandon Janu. Hope you guys enjoy this. Until next time. Peace. Enjoy the NBA season. I know I will. Peace.